I've got news. And that is that Fat Bear Week is officially over. For the uninitiated, this is the week when the world votes for the bear in Alaska's Katmai National Park that has visibly packed on the most pounds from salmon before hibernating for the winter. This year's finalists, Bear 747, a large adult male and past fat bear winner, and Bear 901, a younger female that researchers say could be front-loading calories for a litter of cubs, which would be born while she hibernates. I voted for 901, obviously, and if you missed your chance to weigh in, you can find out who the winner is today at explore.org. This is Pulse Check. I'm Chris Tamar. Here are a couple of headlines I'm watching this week. The Biden administration released a final rule to fix the Affordable Care Act's so-called family glitch, which now means the ACA will offer subsidies on health insurance to one million more people. According to Politico's Morning Consult poll, Americans are strongly in favor of President Joe Biden's executive actions pardoning people with federal marijuana possession offenses. Nearly two-thirds of voters said they backed the pardons, with 40% saying they strongly support his actions. Less than a quarter of those surveyed said they opposed the pardons. And on the line, I've got Alice Miranda Olstein, who has been reporting on abortion from the campaign trail. I am calling from Lansing, Michigan. I'm here reporting on the abortion rights referendum that is coming up, as well as lots of races that will decide the issue. Well, that is what we're talking about today. You, as you say, have been on the campaign trail. And in Pennsylvania, you were reporting about how the medical sector is campaigning in unprecedented ways ahead of the midterms. Yeah, I wanted to look at this question in Pennsylvania for a few reasons. I mean, we've been reporting that doctors all around the country are getting newly mobilized and newly politically active over the abortion rights issue. It's lead by example. And hopefully, uh, uh, if nothing else, we show people they can get involved and that it's meaningful. And concerns about how it would impact their ability to do their jobs. But it's interesting in Pennsylvania specifically because the state depends so heavily on health care for jobs, for the economy. It's the fourth largest job sector in the state and employs hundreds of thousands of people. And you are having doctors going out on the campaign trail and saying that if Republicans are elected, they may pass bans on abortion that will drive medical students not to want to come study in the state residents not to want to come do their residency in the state and doctors to not want to come practice in the state. And that could really have a huge negative impact in their view. I have a question about the economic argument here. Is the idea that abortion care is like a really big part of the services that medical practitioners are providing there? Or is the idea that it's that, you know, Pennsylvania just wouldn't be like feel like a good place to work, that they were kind of in control of their own careers? Is it kind of a chilling effect that they're worried about? So it's really interesting. I mean, one thing that really struck me is, you know, it's not just OBGYNs making this argument, uh, which you're seeing in a lot of other states. You're seeing a lot of different kinds of medical professionals say you can't carve out abortion from the rest of healthcare, And so you have emergency physicians who've dealt with obstetric emergencies, you know, a pregnant patient coming in with an emergency and the, the necessary treatment is an abortion. 
saying, you know, we don't want to have laws that tie our hands in these really time sensitive and high stakes situations. But there's also the feeling amongst the doctors I talk to that this is kind of opening the door to like a new and scary era where if they're willing to regulate and restrict one medical procedure, what's to stop lawmakers from trying to regulate and restrict others? And so, you know, while the medical community has weighed in on policies in the past, obviously, they lobby on things that affect their funding and insurance coverage and all kinds of other things. They really see this as a bridge too far in that it dictates what they can do in the exam room. Okay. And like you said at the top of the conversation, this is something that doctors are doing all over the country. And doctors kind of of all different, you know, working in all different sort of specializations and fields. Is this like a comfortable space for doctors to be working in? And are there any divisions within the medical community about whether or not to get involved in this kind of, you know, naturally political work? There's definitely a lot of hesitation and a lot of concerns from the medical community because it's so heated right now. And what was interesting in Pennsylvania is while you have a lot of individual doctors and some even, you know, very establishment, usually very cautious organizations like the Pennsylvania Medical Society really speaking out about this, what you're not seeing is you're not seeing a lot of the big hospital systems and medical schools and those kind of big institutions that the doctors say they could have a lot of influence on politics if they chose to use it, um, but they are not speaking out as much. And they wouldn't talk to me about why, but there was a lot of speculation from people who work there about, you know, concerns that the Republican legislature has, has threatened their funding in the past and could do so again if they spoke out more. There's also, you know, they've long had a desire. This is a swing state. It's had a Democratic governor and Republican state legislature for a while. They want to keep good relations with both sides. They also don't want to alienate any patients or workers um, who they serve who may have different opinions on this issue. And so, um, you know, all of those reasons, um, you know, could be behind why they're not speaking out. But those who are speaking out say that this goes beyond that. What has the GOP reaction been for a kind of typically nonpartisan actor to, you know, team up with a party on this? Most Republican candidates right now, and we're seeing this play out across the country, um, are not eager to talk about the abortion rights issue at all. They would rather focus their campaigns on areas where they feel they're, you know, on stronger footing to attack Democrats like crime, like the economy. Um, and so largely they are just not wanting to talk about this. But um, I did get a statement from Dr. Oz's campaign and they were saying they were basically arguing that the doctors who are speaking out on this are few in number and are partisan anyways, sort of dismissing them as as activists. But it's interesting, you know, some of the ones I talked to have been politically active, at least for a couple years, but the majority of them, this is their very first entry into politics. And I think that speaks to how great they see the threat of an abortion restriction in the state being. Thank you very, very much for talking, and I'll let you get back to your work in Michigan. Thank you so much. Glad to talk.
I am doing abortions almost every day. In Indiana, one OBGYN is preparing to move her practice if and when abortions become illegal there. I will be moving part of my practice to Illinois, where there are constitutional protections for abortion. This is Dr. Katie McHugh. I'll be driving about four, probably around four hours to do abortions in Illinois. I'll be driving about two hours to do some OBGYN work in a hospital setting in Ohio. I'll keep part of my practice in Indiana, and then I have a medical license pending in Maryland and New Mexico to try to go to those places and provide abortion care and uh, support the people there who are providing abortion care. Indiana banned abortions, but a couple of weeks ago, a judge blocked that ban. For now, they're still happening legally in that state, but McHugh and others are considering the same thing. And I anticipate a lot of miles on my car, which I'm glad that gas prices are going down. So many non-OBGYNs are waking up to this reality. It finally feels like people are starting to understand the message we've been trying to convey and to listen to the recommendations. But it feels too late. Roe has fallen. The bans are going into effect all across the country. And it is going to get worse before it gets better. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of Audio at Politico. I'm Chris Tamar. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting, Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.